you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were Rich Eisen. The second movie, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmeyer. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. It's another edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, everybody. We had an all-Eagles podcast earlier this week that we should direct your attention to if you already don't know of its existence. Namdi Asamoah, the shutdown Pro Bowl cornerback of the Philadelphia Eagles, and Joe Walsh, the famed Hall of Fame guitarist of the rock band, The Eagles. All of them, both of them, on the same podcast. That is currently sitting on the blog page or your iTunes page. Right now, I direct your attention to it while you are listening now to the latest edition of the program with Billy Bob Thornton. The actor Billy Bob Thornton, who called in, I believe, during the season last year, is going to join us in person in studio uh, with a copy of his book, The Billy Bob Tapes, um, in which he's telling a bunch of his stories from growing up in Arkansas and also um, his life and times. (laughs) And there has been many life and times lived by uh, Billy Bob Thornton, all of that. Uh, is in a new book, and he's got a new movie, Jane Mansfield's Car, that he has co-written and directed. That's coming up this fall. Billy Bob, the big Colts fan, is going to be joining this show in person to promote that. All of this on the heels of our Triplets podcast last week, which Chris Law, I believe, uh, was received very well by our listenership. I got a lot of tweets from folks saying, I'm a Niners fan, and I enjoyed hearing that. I yeah. got that a lot, actually, this past week. Yeah, that was great. I, I, the one thing I took from it is 20 years later, those guys can sit down in a room, and they're no. they're all still buds. Like, they're just friends. Oh, well, they were reminiscing and loving it. been through there, and they've done that. Chris Brockman, good to see you back from vacation. Rich, how you guys doing? Uh, Law, Law Wally Pipchi again. I mean, he put that uh, TV show together last week, did a great job. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, thanks, at, thanks, a protest, at a protest. At a protest. Also, um, while you were on vacation, Law was we, – we, we taped that in – In Dallas, In right? Dallas. Well, uh, Frisco, Texas. Frisco, just north. The actual, oh, okay. um, the actual town. About in which, north Dallas, 40 miles? It was nice. <laughs> nice. It did feel like 40 miles. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty spread out down there in the Metroplex. But anyway, it was Emmett Smith's charity golf oh. tournament and the pairings party and dinner the night before was uh, honoring the 20th – a reunion of the first Super Bowl winning team with the triplets. Wow. Incredibly, it's been 20 years since that 92 championship team, or it will be later on this fall. Law was there. Yes. I was there. Did you guys play golf? We did not. We were there just Friday because I, I, I hosted the AMC, the event. Right. I, I was law, there. To, I'd, I'd love to get your your thoughts and, and musings because oh. I, I, I don't know if – have you ever been to an event? Like that? Uh, Is that your first not, sort of? Not something like that necessarily, but it was it was very very well done. Obviously, it oh was, sure. We're sitting at. I mean, should we? I mean, the plates uh, for there was a mixture of celebrity type football people and people that could purchase tickets to the event. It's a charity event. Yeah. So people are buying, you know, thousand dollar a plate. It was incredible. Tables and uh, like Barry Sanders was there. Marshall was there. Marshall was there. Dion, Dion Marcus Allen. Yeah. I um, saw some of your guys' tweets. Kenny that. Lofton. Nice. Yeah. Kenny Vince Lofton. Coleman. There, it was it was pretty cool. Um, Michael Finley of Michael the Spurs Finley. Yep. and Mavericks fame. And, How much uh, does Vince Coleman weigh these days? Uh, like ninety pounds soaking wet. Oh, really? Probably. I would say I would have thought it went the other way. No. So I got into the event a little late. Rich was already up on stage. He was uh, emceeing the event, and I was you know we had just finished up taping and we were breaking down the set and everything. So I got in a little late, and I go to my seat and I see who I'm sitting next to, where they tell me. Uh, and I'm sitting right next to Will Muschamp, the head coach of the Florida Gators. That's right. And he introduces himself like like he's a no. He's like, nice to meet you. I'm Will Muschamp. I'm like, I know who you are. That's right. <laughs> You're the head coach, <laughs> of, the head coach of the Florida Gators. Right. And obviously he's there. Guy. He's there because the one of the all time great Gators yeah. uh, invited him. Emmett Smith, yeah, is obviously. And yep. I had asked him that. I said, what was your tie to Emmett other, prior to you being the coach at Florida? Because you know he was the Austin assistant and didn't know if he maybe had a connection with the Cowboys at all. 
And he just said, no, ever since I became the coach, nope. Emmett's come down. We've so Emmett welcomed him buds. to the Gator yep, exactly. family, man. Who better to, to wow. throw up in the gates? And it was really cool that uh, the main table that Emmett was at, his family was at, Jerry Jones and his wife were sitting there. Jason Garrett. Uh, Jason Garrett and his wife were sitting there. That was the main table. It was a long rectangular table right down the middle of the room, sort of perpendicular to the stage where everything was happening. And um, that table number was 22. Yes. And I, I just thought that was really funny because normally you're thinking you're at table one. Like yeah. why, like, like you, right. you walk up to the table uh, where the, all the cards are on and you pick up your name. You're, you're at table one. Somebody must have thought, wow, I'm sitting with Emmett Smith tonight. I didn't even know that. I mean, that's pretty cool. And <laughs> you find out table one uh, is 22. jammed in the right corner of the room and it's table 22. That's really the one that you, you want to Charles go to. Haley at your table. Charles <laughs> Haley was there and he is bat guano insane as, so all the as, stories as are true, man. scripted. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh. He was there and Can he you... had those. I tweeted out the, the boots that he was wearing. Yeah. Can um, you tell a Haley from the dinner story? I mean, Haley, Haley, de- 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 how many snakes had to die or iguanas had to die to make those boots that he was wearing oh, that yeah. night? Holy and smokes. Everybody that got up had a weird Charles Haley story. That All they of told, them. And we're just ripping on him. But he was playing along with it. He was great. Uh, he but... was he was awesome. Nate Newton, half of himself. <laughs> oh, I saw your picture. From yep, half of there. himself. Uh, that was a funny moment when Kenny Gant said that he could that he shut down uh, Irvin in practice and Irvin standing up. Arguing. You know, unmiked, arguing from his table about 15 feet away. Yep. Standing up. That was a great moment. That was funny. Brad Shan, the longtime voice of the Cowboys, after the uh, the main part of the the um, fundraising aspect of the evening, that's what pretty much an IMC'd. He took the stage and interviewed these guys, yeah, uh, like grouping by grouping. It was cool. They did offense, special teams, yeah, defense. It was great, uh, and of course, Brad Sham called every snap of these guys' career essentially. Wow. So it was great to hear him, and and he he was an, an expert guide for these conversations he knew exactly how to push everybody's buttons every story everywhere you knew where everything was buried you know and um so that was great yeah big thanks to tony fay who helped us yep. immensely putting yeah that, putting together that, and, that, and again together. Sir, getting those triplets together they said the last time they'd been together was when emmett got inducted and then their memories got a little was, foggy as to when the previous time was. Nine, nine, they'd say Tell 19, that story of the – what's yeah. the name of the crew, the crew who so was the shooting crew the podcast? the crew that shot it that we hired is a great crew. The guy was just in New York and won a sports Emmy um, for shooting the Ironman race. Really good crew. They're the Texas crew. And uh, they were telling us the last time that they sat down with the triplets was in 1992 in a hotel in Santa Monica where Mike, uh, Magic Johnson interviewed them. And – the triplets then told us that prior to them sitting down at the Hall of Fame, uh, they thought that might have been the last time they had all been together. So it's only happened three times then? Yeah, pretty much three. 92. That, they, that had to have happened at one of their Super Bowls, though, in 95. They did it at the Hall of Fame, and then— uh, It had to have. The, the Cowboys stayed in the Super Bowl is when they did it also. They sat down briefly at yeah. the Super Bowl in I think I think they determined it happened like five times, but the, the crew that had shot them the first time, the very first time was the yeah. one that has now yeah. shot them the latest time, and who knows very when the cool. next time those three are going to sit down together. Yep. I wish we had had another half an hour with them. Yeah, I mean, we could have gone. But it was like, seriously, like the event was starting, and yep. they were wondering, where's Emmett? And where's the MC? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there was lots going on, but that was a lot of fun. Very fun. Time. That was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, and I look this, forward to my invite next time. Um, I may get lost in the mail, Mister Patriot. <laughs> he's, You're he's not too invited. Wedding hopping with his movie star uh, girlfriend. Right? What's happening? He's wedding hopping with his uh, movie star girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, you were in coast. New York with your girlfriend, right? Well, she came to Baltimore. I was in wedding. I was in New York solo. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not awkward. <laughs> no, not no, it was cool. I was in New York for a college buddy's wedding, and then did she, she came, meet? Did she meet the family? She came to the my mother's family side. Uh, how did that go? It was great. It was actually everybody loved her, of course, and uh, she's a lovely. She's a lovely. We girl. all we all mingled quite well. The funny thing is, we can't say the same for the groom's family. They weren't uh, very interactive. Let's just put it that way. What does that mean? <laughs> they they all kind of sat down while uh, while our side raged the night away. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's not going to be helpful. <laughs> so, 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 so the Brockmans. That... So the Brockmans were were hanging from the chandelier. Yeah, and then and then and the and the Sebastians. My mom's the, a Sebastian. Okay, so the Sebastians were hanging from the well, chandeliers, yeah, yes. 
And then, and then this guy's side of the family. The this sh- guy's the side of the family. The what? The what? Shuler. He- Heath. <laughs> uh, not, Congressman not Heath. Heath. Not Heath. There, okay. There's a, there's a C in there. But, okay. Uh, yeah. The Shulers were all watching us. <laughs> uh oh. Saying what family did we just right. marry into? Oh, Very that's, got, that's got problems written all over. Uh, we had a good time. Maybe they got a podcast bump. Who knows? With Brock I mean, yeah, yeah. Although, although you know, my cousin a podcast bump. Uh, uh, I, I wish I could say. Battleship got the same. <clears throat> yeah, oh, Battleship got. We got to talk. I mean, didn't get, well, I mean, listen, the Avengers is a, uh, it's a monster. It's a train right now. It's a lo- hey, high power. It's been a month of the Avengers Say still going strong. It's been four weeks of the Avengers. That three actually. They will not get a fourth. Men in Black Three is going to knock them off. Oh, that's true. But uh, four straight weeks doesn't happen anyway. Three, three rarely happens. Three, three straight weeks. But please go see Battleship. With Peter Berg podcast guest, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's got a new movie and a new book coming out, and um, I'm excited to have him in studio in person. So let's get right to it. Billy Bob Thornton, he's got a new film that's coming out uh, later on this fall. Jane Mansfield's Car and his new book, The Billy Bob Tapes: A Cave Full of Ghosts, is available currently in a bookstore near you or on Amazon.com. Pleased to welcome back to the Rich Eisen podcast, Billy Bob Thornton. How are you? Good, man. How's it going? I'm great. I'm great. You are a, you're 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 an author. You you've written yeah. a book. That to me that's the ultimate. Now, yeah. I've never won an Academy Award like you have, but that's like the that's on the shelf. That's there. Yeah. No one can ever take that away from you as they say in the NFL. That's do you right. feel that way too? I, I I kind of do feel that way. I mean, at first I was I was a little hesitant, you know, because over the years they've wanted to write me to write a book, but they always want some celebrity gossipy autobiography deal, you know, and I would never do that. So when Kinky Friedman, an old friend of mine, came along and said, uh, why don't you just do a book? I'll do it with you. I, You know, I'm an author. I know how this works. And, you know, just tell some of those crazy stories about growing up and uh, – and I'll give you a couple of chapters to gripe about how our culture is crumbling. And, you know, I said, yeah, all right, <laughs> right. I'll do that. Right. And so then you just compiled them all together and, and published yeah, the thing. Exactly. And it's uh, the way we did it is we just set up a microphone like this and Kinky invited some of his friends over. Because if I – the intention, because it's called the Billy Bob Tapes, right. was that we would do it where it works out more conversationally, you know. And if I'd been telling this stuff to my friends, you know, they know most of it anyway. And plus, you just feel like an idiot in front of your own friends, you know. <laughs> right. And uh, But it's kind of like when your parents come to the, you know, the senior play, you know, you just feel right. kind of embarrassed by it. So uh, Kinky got some of his friends who uh, some I vaguely knew, some I didn't know at all. And they would just ask me questions, and that would kind of kick it off. And so the whole thing was done on on uh, on tape, and then uh, it was transcribed, and then I started to rewrite it and sure. know, do it that way. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is quite a uh, an endeavor. I know you, you you know you put all of it out there, and yeah. is it is it strange to read your stories back? It is. It's <laughs> it's very strange, and as a matter of fact, I I haven't completely done it. I haven't sat down since the book's been a book, right? And actually just read it cover to cover. I, I'm not sure I can. I mean, I, uh, usually the same way I'm, I'm the same way about TV shows unless, you know, speaking of being here, unless it's a sports show. I can watch myself on a sports show. Mm-hmm. But like if I'm on the, the talk shows and stuff like that, the, I, I, I can't you watch just, them. You flip yeah, that off? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I can't Why? Why? Because you're not— I don't know. I just—I'm always— <laughs> <laughs> kind of nervous about the way I come off and everything, mm-hmm. and then uh, and and a lot of the stories in this book. I mean, some of them are heavy from my childhood, and uh, so telling them was cathartic. I think reading them <laughs> would be uh, <laughs> well. I mean, put it in black and white, you know. And yeah. then uh, to me, when I wrote my my book years ago, the one that I gave you when you were on Total Access years That's ago, right. yeah. as a nice parting gift or the only parting <laughs> gift that I'm, I give away. But anyway. Uh, reading it back, I just kept wondering over and over and over again, when you read it over and over and over again, like this is it with each passing read, I was more and more fearful how less interesting <laughs> it became one more right. passing read. I'm like, wow, this is now boring the heck out of me. And this is, this is, this is my soul that's out there on the pages. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, so, oh, that's crazy. and this is not even my growing up stories. This is just my oh, football yeah. stories. But your book is terrific. I mean, I've read it oh, more, than, more than once and I, Thank I, you. I, I just love it. Of course, you know what? I, I mean, I'm a sports nut. So yeah, I know. I, the more I can read about it, the better. Yeah, I know you're a huge uh, Colts fan. Yeah. Now, growing Colts up, uh, it, where you grew up, 
uh, in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, you've told this story years ago, but I'd love for you to retell again. How does one grow, growing up there become a huge Colts fan? Well, when you grow up in a, in a state like Arkansas, we have no pro teams of any kind, you know, and uh, so you just kind of pick somebody. In terms of the NFL, everybody in Arkansas is a Cowboys fan. I mean, because they're right down the road, and I was too. But there was something about the Baltimore Colts. I mean, I, Johnny Unitas and Tom Matty and Ray Berry and all those guys, uh, I just loved that team, you know. And especially when Unitas was getting older and they thought he was over and he just he's such a warrior and kept going and everything. And so when they moved to uh, Indianapolis, at that time, you know, when you're a kid, you're not clued into the whole sort of behind-the-scenes stuff. You don't think about that You don't think of, of the business yeah, aspect uh, of it. You don't think of the Mayflower truck uh, Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you all. don't think of Ursay coming in the middle of the night and doing all this stuff. <laughs> no. so, so a lot of the Baltimore Colt fans, of course, they went away, you know. But uh, uh, as a matter of fact, they had that one show about uh, the band because you know, oh, the sure. Colts had a band. And they, well, the Ravens and the, still do that. They're right, the only team exactly. in the NFL. Well, you know, obviously the Redskins have their band too, but right. the Ravens, that's the halftime. Oh, yeah. I, their exactly. marching band. Which I think there. is pretty cool. I love it. You know, I, it's I think it's such terrific. a great old town, old school feel. It really is. No yeah. doubt. But uh, but when the Colts, you know, went to Indianapolis, I was still a Colt fan. And uh, and then Peyton Manning was always such a, uh, I don't know, a heroic figure to me. I mean, he, he played the game like I remember the game, you know, uh, growing up. And so such a fan of his. On the on the flip side, you know, I've, as you know, I'm a big St. Louis Cardinal fan. Yes. I'm kind of like their celebrity mascot in a way, you know, <laughs> kind of like Nicholson is with the Lakers or something. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> so in one year, Peyton Manning goes to Denver, Pujols goes to the huh. Angels, and I'm like, wow. this. I mean, bo- both superstars of mine are gone. Your you know? center is completely exactly. thrown off at sports yeah. kilter right now. Pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know. So um, what do you think of the – so are, are you going to be a luck guy now? Is this yeah. is this going to transfer to the next iteration of the Colts well, for you, you think? Well, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, the way I look at it, I have friends who are Cardinal fans who are just angry with Pujols. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, you know, some Colt fan friends of mine who are angry with the organization, not at Peyton, you know. Like, uh, the Cardinal fans are angry at Pujols. The uh, uh, Colts fans, I-, I think, are sort of, uh, you know, they're fine with Peyton. It's like, he, what is he going to do, you know? Right. Uh, but um, the way I look at it is this, you know. Uh, they don't bring the sports agents and all this kind of stuff into the equation, and if a guy comes to Albert Pujols and says, dude, they're calling, you're the best player in baseball. Are you going to let A-Rod make more money than you? And if you're the best baseball player there is, why wouldn't you make more money than everybody else? And I know St. Louis has been good to you and blah, blah, blah. But, and, you know, a guy like Albert, I mean, he didn't grow up as a wealthy man. I mean, he grew mm-hmm. up in the Dominican Republic as a poor kid and everything. And he has, all, uh, has charity, which is big uh, to him. And you know he's he's going to listen to that, and uh, and for whatever reason he felt it was time to go. So my blessings are with Albert, but I'm still a St. Louis Cardinal fan. It's not like I'm I'm switching to a, no. an Angel fan. Sure, uh, I'm still going to be a Colts fan, but at the same time, a team that I've never particularly rooted for. Suddenly, I'm I'm going to pay a lot more attention to the Broncos because I love Peyton Manning. Yeah, but uh, if you think about it, though. It- Jim Irsay was sort of in a really tough spot also. I mean, yeah, he was. because you saw what they, they did after Peyton left. I mean, the cupboard is essentially bare. Reggie Wayne came back yes. inside. Right. But I think the cap situation sort of demanded yeah. that the other moves after Peyton. And if you're going to keep Peyton Manning mm-hmm. and not surround him with a championship team, aren't you really doing him – and everyone else is deserves yeah. certainly if you've got this kid from Stanford with the pedigree that he has. Absolutely. So, you know, I could sort of understand why Colts fans might be upset with management, but to me, they seem to be in a I, I in agree. a corner in that respect. I totally agree. And 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 the other thing is, is when you're the guy with the with the uh, uh, whose bank account is being used here, yeah. And you got a guy who's had not not knee surgery, not elbow surgery. He's had neck surgery yeah. a couple of three times. 
And and Peyton's been in the league a long time. He's been playing. Was it 12, 13, 14? 98 years? was his first year. So I didn't know. I'd, yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect year? to do math here. But you're, you're right. Yeah, yes, it's exactly. His 14th year. Right. So uh, and just like with Albert, you know, it, he's not a rookie. And so if you've got a guy who's had neck surgery several times and he's been in the league 14 years and they want to sign a contract for several more years and you don't know what's going to happen in the first two games if he re-injures that thing, you know. Man, and so, you're right. This is not an ACL. This is not right. a uh, an ankle or an Achilles where you right. also have, you know, uh, a whole history of other athletes who have gone through it, rehab, and you can sort of sense mm-hmm. what it is. That's the whole deal with Peyton also yeah. is everyone I think is expecting him to just be the Mount Rushmore quarterback, the Unitas of our generation exactly in Denver. Yeah. And to me, that's sort of the drama of of this playing out is how is he going Absolutely. to be? And if they don't get past the divisional round in the playoffs, that means mm-hmm. Tim Tebow will have taken the Broncos further in the playoffs more recently. Exactly. Than Peyton Manning. That's the drama with Elway yes. involved, too. I know. It's, you it's, can't script this sort of you, stuff. You really can't. I mean, sports in general in the last couple of years, there's been more crazy stuff happening. I mean, just shakeups and... I mean, now with, you know, in the in the NFL, you know, like uh, all the big stuff happening there, you know, with the uh, injuries and, the you know, the whole concussion thing. I mean, it's just and, – and the St. Louis Cardinals, my guys, being ten and a half games down in August, you know, and we've all given up basically, and they come back and have to uh, rely on the Atlanta Braves to lose five games, their last five games. Mm-hmm. Now, how's that going to happen? And it did. Then they have to go beat the Phillies, who are known as, at that time, the, probably the best team in the National League. They have to go beat the Phillies and and then beat the Brewers, who won our division. Right. And then go to the World Series and beat the Texas Rangers, who are arguably the best baseball team around, period. Mm-hmm. And get down to the sixth game, and you're down to your last strike That's twice. Incredible. That was epic. And win the World Series. So it's like uh, there, there's so much excitement, you know, between the NFL and Major League Baseball and and all the craziness in the NBA. It's just been a really amazing time. Well, if you think of it, the Giants, the New York Giants had a similar run, mm-hmm. a similar situation. I mean, they weren't 10 and a half back, uh, whatever the, the equivalent would be in the NFL. Right. But when they lost that home game in December to the yeah. Redskins, right. to have the Redskins sweep them, and they're at yeah. home, and and boy, does it just look like nothing is going to happen with the Giants this yeah. season. And then all of a sudden, they catch fire. They yeah. get a break in the game against the Dallas Cowboys where they were dead to rights. Miles Austin was wide open, lost the ball in the lights, as they say. Right. And then the rest yeah. is history. There is something to momentum. There is something to that. There is... Right, that there's something. Oh, there, there's no question in the about ether it. with the, with sports teams. Sometimes. It's like there's a lot of Hoosier stuff going on. You know what I mean? Well, you're <laughs> talking about to me. Perfect. Let's get into this right now. What is your favorite sports movie? Uh, Do you have I one? Because that you just named mine. Yeah. By the way, mine would have to be Hoosiers. Uh, you know, my dad was a high school basketball coach, and I grew up in that lifestyle. And uh, I would have to say uh, that. That's right at the top of the heap. And David Onspaugh, who directed that, is a good friend of mine. He also directed Rudy. Rudy, I know. Which is another great sports movie. Uh, not, You know, I, I I don't think Rudy's the movie that Hoosiers was uh, because I think the ending of Rudy in some ways is a little anticlimactic. I think the great thing about Rudy was the middle of the movie. You know, when this kid is desperately wanting to, a, a chance you right. know, and, and getting on the on the chair and doing Newt Rockney's speech and all that kind of stuff was, but, but Hoosiers beginning to end. And a lot of, a lot of the movie critics who, if you've ever met a movie critic, they're not exactly sports guys. (laughs) I mean, met sport TV critics. (laughs) Right. So, uh, but a lot of those guys, uh, when Hoosiers came out, said things about it, like, well, of course the little guy goes in, David and Goliath, and they beat the, Beat the big team and everything. It's like, guys, it's a true story. What do you want them to change history? Right. Sure, I know. I mean, you know, I know. And uh, Rudy, um, I'm a Michigan Wolverine, mm-hmm. so I, I have a trouble. You know, <laughs> yeah, a little I, trouble. I, I'm sitting there watching the final scene of Rudy, hoping he pulls a quad, right? You know, pop, exactly. pops an Achilles or oh, something. Because you. you know, I, it's still difficult for me with the Notre Dame thing, even though it is a terrific movie. But Hoosiers to me, 
as you said, beginning and there's a father son story in it yes. as well. The uh, yeah. Dennis Hopper story shooter. Oh yeah. Um, and and then of course the Gene Hackman character yeah. is complicated, complicated man. Complicated. I, and there are many scenes in that film that I still I just even used uh, uh, as an analogy you could do oh. all the time, which oh, is yeah. the the scene where he has they walk into. Um, um, uh, the Butler Fieldhouse, yes, right? right, and 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 um, and uh, they measure the rim to the floor. Oh yeah, and then they measure the the end line to the foul line, and it's the same as back home. Exactly, it's just that the stage is bigger, exactly. and you can make that analogy in uh, any walk of life. Oh, you definitely. I love can. that scene of them. I'm getting and, goosebumps even oh, just I, talking I, about I, I it with I you right God, now. I, I love that too. movie so much. And the great thing about that scene too is that once he shows the kid kids he gives them the lesson it's like we see it that rim it's exactly the same height right. as ours so don't let this big place fool you and as they're walking out he turns to his assistant coach and says it is big <laughs> <laughs> you know you know and, so, and, yeah. and we just had uh, peter bergen here a couple of weeks ago and i talked about similar with him too is that with, with that line is coaches that the best coaches in film and you've played one in friday night lights is that you know, sure, they push right buttons mm-hmm. and they are leaders of men, mm-hmm. but they're still human beings and they, and, and they they may not be so sure of what they're doing. And that's what the character, at least of the television version as well, of right. Friday Night Lights uh, with, with the with the coach, mm-hmm. uh, Coach Taylor. Right. And then you in the film as well from Friday Night Lights, Coach Gaines. I mean, that that to me is what mm-hmm. makes a great film yeah. coach or at least a coach in a sports film well i was so proud to be able to play that coach in friday night lights and like i said my dad being a high school coach i i was used to that world and there's a speech that i give you know before the championship game and uh uh the kid booby miles who was injured and in, you know in the real life story he was one of the extras in the locker room Fantastic. so that made it really crazy and there's a couple of lines. Some of that speech is ad-libbed, and I'd just been very disappointed by a friend of mine, like kind of, <clears throat> I don't know if you'd say stabbed in the back, but I'd, I'd had a real bad uh, thing with a close friend of mine. and uh, In your personal life? In my personal uh-huh. life. Literally the day before I did that uh, monologue, and I said to uh, Pete, I said, look, uh, <clears throat> do you mind if I, you know, kind of wing this? You know, I'll do part of what's in the script. There's some things I want to add. And one of the things in there, uh, which, like you said, this whole thing of being a coach and Gene Hackman saying it is big after he taught him a lesson. There's a part in there where I say, uh, uh, because the whole movie, all I've done is you have to win. Winning's everything. That's all that matters. And then yet in the speech, I say, just so you know, I've been telling you all along, you know, that all you, that winning is everything. But at the end of this game, I don't care what's on the scoreboard. What I care about is that you look at that guy next to you, your friend, your fellow player, and that you can look him in the eye and know that you've done your best for him and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they use that speech all over the country. Like I hear about, you know, high schools and colleges and everything playing that speech for uh, – they're, they're players, and uh, they, fantastic they, is that? they even played it in Dallas before some game on the big Jumbotron, you know. So the fact that I've been in one of those, that I've played a coach and doing one of those speeches in a movie that is going to last forever, just a huge honor for me, you know, because as an actor, you grow up wanting to have that. That yeah, speech. Sure. You know? uh, it goes all the way back to win one for the Gipper, right? And oh, yeah. Coaching speeches and films. And, Absolutely. And, and back to the Gene Hackman character, too. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach Dale in, mm-hmm. uh, in Hoosiers, the scene where he yanks a player off the mm-hmm. floor and yeah. says, I've got my guys. He's playing with four guys out there oh, because yeah. he's trying to teach his yeah. system. He believes in his system. And the Absolutely. crowd is howling mm-hmm. from the stands. And he holds up his game plan that's in his leather right. satchel. That to me again, oh, yeah. that's another analogy that I uh, that so many coaches oh, yeah. in the NFL mm-hmm. who believe in what they are doing, and it's yeah. all about the system. Oh, yeah. and it's to their it's it, it's their core belief. It's more not just a, a sports philosophy. It's like their their human philosophy. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, it's like when I look at guys like uh, uh, Belichick, you know. Uh, who you know the Patriots are my mortal enemy, you know. I mean, being a Colts fan, sure. 
But I respect that guy so much because he runs a team. Uh, first of all, he's just such a smart, great coach. But but the way he runs that team, you don't see much goofing off on the Patriots. You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe a little more. You know, as the years go on. But uh, and you know, Dungey was the same way. Uh, yes, in sir. Indianapolis. You know, uh, there are certain coaches that just. Um, th- there's something that they've held on to from the old days, you know, that I, that I really respect in those guys. And, uh, you know, just for a minute, I mean, I'm growing up in Arkansas, <clears throat> I'm a Arkansas Razorback fan, you know, died in the wool oh, Razorback boy. fan. What an off season you've oh, had. Oh, buddy. And, uh, <laughs> so I-, I couldn't believe it because Arkansas is back up there again. We used to be great. In the 60s and 70s, Arkansas was a great football team, and we haven't had many great teams since then. Well, Petrino was really building a program there, and recruiting was going great, and uh, and Tyler Wilson's coming back at quarterback, right. and we were and our best running back in the Southwest Conference, I mean, in the SEC, is he was injured last year. Now he's going to be back this year. We actually had national title in our in our thoughts. Well, maybe you never you know. know. I mean, if the same kids are there, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we could, we we were number five in the nation, or whatever, last year, and we're thinking we could. This is our shot to win a national title. And before this kid, you know, Tyler Wilson goes out to the NFL, this is the year to do it. And and I truly believe we would have won the SEC. Yeah. Uh, East this year. I mean, I believe it. And uh, but we were talking about NFL coaches, mm-hmm. and the rumor was down there. This is another guy I love. The rumor was that we had a shot at getting Gruden to come out of retirement and coach the Razorbacks, and everybody in Arkansas was just so excited. You'd be, you'd like that. You'd like John. Uh, yeah, you'd I would take him. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, he's got a, he's got a great. I don't know. He's got a great gig right now. Yeah, you does. know, I mean, you take does. a look at Matt because going back to this whole thing with coaching too, it's in their blood. Yeah, it is it in is. their blood. No. There's no doubt in my mind that if Gruden gets the right situation, mm-hmm. he's going to leave the booth. But right, right now, he doesn't lose. Right. He doesn't no, lose at all. He doesn't have to face the media. He doesn't. He's he, no. he's o and o every single week. And Mariucci, our guy here, yeah, he misses it. Like when we're, it's funny when we're on the road at our games. And we watch from the sidelines. Mm. Me, Dion, Marshall, we all watch and sort of mm. have a chuckle at it. Mooch gets down on his on his on his like his hands on his knees and he's bent over right, right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He's into it. He'll go up to the side judge and he'll whack him on the arm and say, What happened right there? I mean, like he's back. Yeah. He's back. The only thing he doesn't have is a headset and a challenge flag. Oh, absolutely. He, he's in. Gruden, that's no doubt it's in Gruden. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt that's in Gruden. I just absolutely. don't know if college, if he'd go back for any college program uh, yeah. right now i don't think you would either well i mean you, you know, know the, there there are there are certain coaches that they always talk about when any job comes open sure. and it's like if we could only and gruden comes up no as doubt. well as cower cower always comes that's up. correct you know and, and he's got another he's another guy who sits on yeah. the set and he's o and o every week too absolutely but I, i'm putting mariucci in a movie one of these days yeah i'm telling you that guy is when i watch you guys i think he seems so much like an actor to me. I mean, he's got he's got that thing. I think Mariucci should have been on The Sopranos. I think so too. I think he would have Which been perfect. Which character would he, would he, would he, would he? I don't know. I think I would have created a character for him. But I, I think he would have been a businessman who was kind of on the fence about how bad he wanted to be. That's who I, you know. I think Mariucci would have still been a good guy, you know, somehow. Sure. And he was involved in the mob, but he just couldn't quite put the uh, both feet into, into the pond. Some you know? sort of there's something yeah. working inside. A exactly. moral struggle exactly. within his character. Oh, yeah. We would call him uh, Mooch, Moochie or Stevie Mooch. I, I think, Stevie yeah, Mooch. yeah, Stevie Mooch would be Stevie good. Stevie Mooch. I think that would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Is there any other coach currently right now that you'd, you'd want to throw in? Rex Ryan is in the new uh, oh, yeah. Sandler movie coming up, playing a Patriot fan. Right, I heard about that. That's coming. Up. I heard about that. Rex Rex would make a terrific actor. I th- I think he needs the right director. You know, uh-huh. I th- I think Mariucci would let go and let me direct him. I think so too. I I, I think Rex Ryan would be a little resistant. You don't know <laughs> to direction. You know, I think he thinks he, his personality is big enough already. And that's what I would do with Rex Ryan. I'd bring him down some. I bring him get, down. Bring him a down a couple of notches. You know, but there there are a few. I think Gruden could do it. Um, See now, Belichick would be your greatest challenge. 
Belichick would absolutely be. The, the, Tom, the Tommy Newsome of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Bell, but I, I put Mooch in the Sopranos as, as yeah. somebody struggling with their, their, yeah. their moral compass, I think is a stroke of genius. Well, you know, they got a new show called Magic City, which is yes, about, you know, a friend of mine actually, uh, Mitch Florida. Blazer, he created that show. Uh, Mooch could be on that show too. Let's make it's this perfect, happen. Perfect Let's try perfect. and make this happen. Yeah. I can get Mooch's people. You get uh, okay. what Mitch Glazer's Mitch people. Glazer's people. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Let's make let's make this deal. Uh, Jane Mansfield's car. Before I let you go, I want to talk about this a little bit. Uh, a drama about two families from different countries whose cultures clash, taking place in the '60s. You co-wrote it. It's the first time you've uh, written and directed in over a decade. Yes. Was Sling Blade the last one that you did? No, there? Uh, all the Pretty Horses. All the Pretty the Horses. The last one, of course. Um, what a cast. Holy smokes. Ray Stevenson, Kevin Bacon, John Hurt, you, and Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall the, yeah. One of the all-time, I mean, oh, yeah. the goats of, uh, of Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, what, is it, what was this experience like for you? It was, it was amazing. It was, some, it was an idea I'd had in my head for quite some time. And uh, I wanted to do a movie about the effects of war on families, you know. And uh, uh, it's set in 1969. So you have three generations of guys in this movie uh, with the grandkids included. So it's at the height of Vietnam. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, the movie is really about the romanticism of tragedy. Uh, and uh, with, that's what, where the Jane Mansfield's car reference come in, comes in. Uh, when I was a kid they, in our little town, they would bring sideshows around and stuff, uh, like Bonnie and Clyde's car with sure. the bullet holes in it. Well, they brought the car Jane Mansfield was killed in to our town, and you'd pay like 50 cents or a dollar or whatever to go look inside the oh, death car, right? And because uh, people have a morbid nature sometimes, you know, and uh, my dad was like that. So he took me out to see the Jane Mansfield's car as a kid. And I, th- I always thought, i got to put that in a movie, but you can't make a whole movie about it. So it's really um, metaphorical scene when uh, in the movie where they go see Jane Mansfield's car. But at the end of the day, the movie's really about how different generations view war, are affected by war, and how it manifests itself in families. And uh, it's a... Uh, it's got some dark humor in it, as my stuff usually does, but right. it's uh, essentially a, a drama. What was it like directing these folks? I assume it's the first time you directed Duvall, uh, even well, though you're friends with him, right? Or was uh, he... I'll go way back with Duvall. Right. Uh, he's been my mentor since the late 80s. Great and, mentor. Uh, and, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, that's my guy. And, right. uh, uh, How'd you first meet him? I, he and I had the same agent years ago, and uh, they hooked us up because Duvall wanted something written, and... Um, the first movie I was in with Duvall was a movie called uh, The Stars Fell on Henrietta with Duvall and Aidan Quinn and myself and Brian Dennehy and uh, a long time ago. And I had a supporting part in that. And I was just f- almost froze up every time I was on the set with Duvall. You know, and th- that was, this was in the early 90s. Then Tom Epperson and I wrote a script called A Family Thing with he and James Earl Jones, wrote it for Duvall. Uh, and Duvall had come to us and said, I want to play a black man in a movie. I said, well, Bobby, that's kind of a tall order. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but we've worked out a, a, a way to do it, and we did that. And then he played my father in Sling Blade, so I directed right. him in Sling Blade. So did direct, that's right. So I'd already done that once, and then and then I w- uh, he had me in The Apostle. Uh, and then over the years, you know, we've just uh, remained real close. But mm. uh, somebody asked me one day what it was like directing Duvall. I said, uh, I said, well, essentially, he does a take, uh, and I go, that was great. Uh, you know, any, any camera problems? And they say, uh, you know, no, we're good here. I say, well, let's do one more for safety and move on. I mean, right. that's kind of the way you direct him. But also John Hurt, who uh, is a terrific, uh, you know, sort of Duvall's sort of British equivalent in a lot sure. of ways. And John and I have known each other for years and years. So a lot of the people in the movie were people I have uh, known over the years because I like to write with people in mind. What's your favorite Duvall role? Since you're clearly a fan of his. You know, I would have to say uh, uh, probably uh, Tender Mercies, uh, although uh, uh, this one here, I mean, I'm not just saying it because it's my sure. movie. Uh, he's amazing in this thing. What is he playing but, uh, in, in Jane Mansfield's he, he plays my father as well as uh, Robert Patrick and Kevin Bacon and I play brothers and Duvall's our father. And... Um, He's he's terrific in it, but I'd I'd, I'd have to say Tender Mercies and uh, a movie he did years ago called Tomorrow, and then uh, I mean that uh, what he did in Lonesome Dove was pretty incredible. See, he's one of my all time favorites. Uh-oh. I I'm going to go in a different direction. I go network. 
network to me. He was terrific. In to that. me, it, this business that I'm in, mm-hmm. I tell everybody, it, network right. is a it's a must. That's a it, that's it a is. that's a should be yeah. like a prerequisite. Yeah. To see that film. Yeah. And him in that movie, mm-hmm. it's a small part, but yeah. just he just chewed every scene and he spit did. it out and was great. Yeah. And I've I've sort of met people similar to him. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's the thing. He, he was playing the the real thing. I guess maybe Peter Finch and Holden kind of overshadowed him sure. so much in that movie that people don't think of that, but you're absolutely Faye right. Faye Dunaway. I mean, Faye Dunaway. and plus two, um, a couple things about that movie that he, uh, Patty Chayefsky who wrote it, mm. number one, how many films, uh, do you see the writer's name above the title anymore? Oh yeah. Right. <clears throat> not, I mean, not you being very, a writer director, yeah. Right. I that mean, doesn't it, happen. It doesn't. I mean, so it was Patty Chayefsky's <laughs> yeah. network. Oh, absolutely. And then he predicted so much. I mean, mm. that was that movie was a crystal freaking ball. Oh, absolutely. For the television industry, it, it really was. Reality television was yes. predicted. That's right. Um, uh, and making the news more entertaining. Oh yeah. He predicted that. To me, in many ways, um, the Peter Finch character right. is a little bit Glenn Beck to me. If you think about it, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Glenn Beck never showed up in a, in a raincoat and yeah. cursed on television. <laughs> uh, but all of that stuff, I thought Network was it was a it was a brilliant movie. And you're right, he was it, great in it. Duvall was great. Oh, Duvall did great. And you, there's a story that uh, I've only heard the story, <clears throat> excuse me, secondhand. But uh, I've heard the story that Chevsky went into the office of the uh, studio executive at the time before they made the movie. And uh, he he wanted to see Chayefsky to talk to him about the script. And supposedly the studio executive said, I think it's brilliant. I love this thing. I just don't love the uh, – what was the char- Peter Finch's character's name? Oh, uh, yeah. It was um, – It's a famous Lord. name. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, 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 uh, good Lord. It's um, it's it, it's it just flew right out of my head when you actually said that. He played um, – all I can think of is Norman Dale. Though. No, 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 Norman Dale <laughs> from Hoosiers. Oh, um, anyway, we'll, we'll, but it we'll was that. It. But it was whatever it is. You know, he goes, "I like it, but I hate the so and so character." You got to take that out of there. Mm. It's like you mean what the movie is about, right? And and supposedly Chavsky didn't say a word. He just got up and walked out of the office. Mm-hmm. It's like, Mister, if you don't understand this any more than that, then, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, and and uh, Howard Beale. Good Lord. Howard Beale. Right, yes. the Howard Beale character. He, he said, I don't like this Howard Beale character. Can you imagine that? So he basically said, yeah. this studio executive said, yeah. take, uh, love the movie, but the Howard Beale character. Don't dig go. him. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's, yeah, stupid. That is, the whole, that is the whole film. That's the world I work in, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, bless you, man, because you, you, you put out some great stuff, and I look forward to seeing Jane Mansfield's car when it comes out later on this year. Your book, The Billy Bob Tapes, A Cave Full of Ghosts, everybody should go get that right now, Amazon.com or in their bookstore near them. Uh, I, I have to ask you before, before you leave, uh, Angelina Jolie wrote the forward. That yes, she did. That was really cool of her to do that. Uh, they wanted me to get people... Uh, who had known me for a long time and worked with me, who were friends and uh, co-workers and everything, to talk, you know, uh, say a few words in the book. So we got Dan Lanois, who was a great music producer who I've worked with over the years, and uh, and Duvall, uh, Tom Epperson, my old writing partner, and uh, uh, Dwight Yoakam, who's one of my best buddies, and, and Angie. So uh, the all five of those people came in and said a, some kind words and... and uh, she was very eloquent, and uh, it's just like a page and a half. But uh, she got to kind of, you know, talk about some of my eccentricities in it, as well as being very sweet. And it was very, very nice for her to do that. Uh, very cool. Now, I'm sure you, you would realize that raises a few eyebrows, you know, when you have somebody's ex come in and, and write something that's so personal in a book. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she and I are great friends. So and I, I think, uh, you know, people kind of know that. So it, it's... Uh, I mean, it wasn't like I called her out of the blue after t- you know ten years or something. <laughs> sure, you know, right. it's like I mean, I talked to her like mm-hmm. you know every couple of weeks. So, so uh, we were just talking about it, and I said, "Hey, you know, they want me to get people to write something. Will you write something?" And she said, "Of course, no problem." And she did it within a week or so. You know, That's great. Nice, well, nice. Uh, I know too, getting people to write stuff for your book, you sometimes you have to keep calling and calling. And oh calling yeah, exactly. So yeah. the fact that she did it and then was timely in it too, my gosh! Oh yes, yeah, I know. What a yeah. bonus! Gosh, uh, and my two producers before I let you go. Uh, both 
said to me in my ear, have to ask this, and I, I would remiss if I didn't. Bad Santa too. What is right. the scoop with that? Are we? Is this? Is this? In the pipeline somewhere? It, it was uh, it was still in the rumor stage uh, a few months ago uh, when people were really talking about it a lot. But now it's become a reality, and uh, we're they're working on the script right now. And uh, you know, uh, if as, if everything goes right, we're going to be shooting it this fall. Yeah, so that is uh, yeah. great. And it's a daunting News. task. I mean, you know, if, when you're doing a sequel, you know, you really want Well, wanna... you set the bar high with Bad Santa. There's no yeah. question about that. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. But I, I think we've got a real good plan. And uh, Is there anything I'm you could excited. sort of, any breadcrumbs you could drop? Well, uh, one thing I can say is that uh, we obviously, Bernie Mac and John Ritter have since left right. us, you know, and they, they won't be in there. And, uh, uh other than that, uh, I've been sworn to secrecy. Okay. But right. uh, but it's I'll put it this way: it's uh, it, it's uh, it takes uh, this one does take place in New York. I can say that. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, that's, uh, a, that's a breadcrumb. So it's going to we'll be a, a, a wintertime actual bad Santa instead of in Phoenix where we're always in the sun. <laughs> that was part of the magic <laughs> yeah, of that exactly. film. Billy Bob tapes a cave full of ghosts. Your book, Jane Mansfield's car is your film. The Cardinals are your baseball team. Good luck to them. Good luck to the Colts. Absolutely. This fall. We, they, we have we have their only national TV game, Colts at Jaguars. Oh, wow. So if you want to make a trip to Jacksonville, you wow. let me know. And we got to get Mooch and, um, and Mitch Glazer together. Absolutely. Mooch in Magic City yes. has to happen. It does. Okay. Good to see you. All right, man. Thank you. Too, That's Billy Bob Thornton here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Another fun chat. Billy Bob Thornton here in studio. How cool is that guy? Awesome. Yeah, I think he had the same boots on as Charles Haley did. Those things were amazing. Sarah, Sarah Young, or, well, actually, we got to actually correct the last name now. You've, you've switched last names, correct? Yes. What's your name? Chilson now. It's what? Chilson. Sarah Chilson. Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll make a note. But she commented on how his voice sounded like butter on the microphones. Yeah. She loved his voice. Great person to mix. Is that right? Was, oh, yeah. A great person to it, mix. I was happy I think to be was, a woman there when he was talking. It's about it to, made me feel good. It's a, <laughs> I've never thought that way about him before. I'm like, wow. It, now you know why Angelina like, Jolie is writing, his, writing the forward years later. That's how he can get someone who looks like Angelina or, Jolie. Or Angie, as you referred to her. Right. How great would that be just to be able to walk around life and, oh, yeah, Angie this, Angie that. <laughs> oh, yeah, Angie. By the way, from now on, that's how we're going to refer to her on this podcast. Angie. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I called her Angie after the Oscars. Uh, speaking of uh, estrogen updates, we have a, a podcast guest scheduled for June 25th. Olivia Munn. Oh, yes. In studio. Nice. Got some questions. That'll be the for week her. after. Um, that'll be the last week of June in person. She's in Magic Mike, and she's also in that newsroom, the newsroom, the. Uh, the new Aaron Sorkin. That looks uh, amazing. That looks awesome, by the way. It does. It does. The only issue I have with it is it debuts the same night as The Great Escape on TNT. That's not good. And um, so well, I can't. I can't. I can't talk up the newsroom. So I'm glad she's coming on we'll after the, we'll the, the premiere. Newsroom. I'm, I'm we'll glad it's on the, after the premiere of The Great Escape on TNT, which I will be hosting. We got to have like a blowout on that next week or something. Or just a little, I don't know. A little I'm great trying to get Ron Howard on. Ron Howard is Viewing one of the, party? the executive producers of that. Yeah, when's the viewing party? Are we invited? Yeah, the Great Escape viewing Um, party? I don't know. It's on my birthday. It's on my actual birthday. So I don't know what I'll be doing. That's too far from the – it's a month away. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that'll be, I guess, my birthday gift to me, uh, Olivia Munn in studio for that week's podcast. We'll be taping that. Excellent. How cool is it when Billy Bob was talking about that speech from Friday Night Lights? And how he ad-libbed most of it? And how there's a personal – yeah. Can we guess? Well, how it... about that this week? I mean, you heard from Joe Walsh in our previous podcast, too, about how, you know, well, this happened to me and this was my mood. So that's how I came up with Meadows. That's how I came up with Turn to Stone. That's how I came up with Rocky Mountain Way. You know, I mean, and then you hear Billy Bob say, well, a friend of mine stabbed me in the back. And that was the day before I was to do this speech. So I, yeah. I asked Peter Berg, another right. podcast guy. It's amazing how this all you know, Friday Night Lights like this, this podcast is like it's like a, it's like it's like a, an electronic version of Kevin Bacon, almost. <laughs> Who, by the way, by the way, is in Jane Mansfield's car. So yeah. it's another degree of separation. But um, and now it just shows you how you know the creative process works for some people. Yeah, you know, I love that was a good chat, man. That was good. 
Uh, all right, next week we've got Jim Moore Sr. coming back to review movies. Yes. We've got uh, Matt Light, who is in this week on Total Access, we chat with him. Uh, we're going to give away Billy Bob Thornton books. We are. His uh, his new book, the Billy Bob tapes that you guys talked about, A Cave of Fool, Full of Ghosts. We got two copies of that. So if you follow, uh, again, at the Eisen Podcast on Twitter and tweet us with the hashtag uh, Billy Bob, we will, uh, we're going to do a little Twitter roulette again and we'll give away those two. And you could, that's how you can also get Jill Walsh's album. Yep. His new album. But you got to follow Man. us because what we're going to do is if you're a winner, we'll then follow you back and direct message you. And get your address and send them off to you. And I believe we're a week away from announcing the winner of the Step in Rich's Shoes, who's going to win a, uh, an appearance on the podcast. And I believe next week we hit $5 million on the downloads no as well. So Big Fine. week. What number TV show is this week? Uh, this is, is 40... 47. Vent, uh, what was, yeah. D- Dallas was the 46? 46 was Dallas. 46, yeah, yeah, 47. 47. So we're nearing 50. Yes. We're almost Dude, at 50. We're coming up on 52. Yeah, I think uh, June last June was the first TV episode, so we're almost we're at a full start, year we're too. We're gonna start planning like a an anniversary blowout, which is either which oh, is no which is either getting a bunch of A list guests or, or, or not, us. and just a cake, <laughs> or, or just us us. going to the bar down the street <laughs> and drinking a lot of. As whiskey. with this podcast, it's catches catch can. <laughs> yes. as usual. Uh, I want to thank um, Alexander Ali also, who's helping uh, He's been majorly with this podcast right He's now. Been killing it, and uh, I wanted to give him a personal shout out. Um, uh, helping uh, with the booking and the promotion and everything. He's been awesome and wanted to thank him. Uh, and Sarah Chilson. Chilson. Very. Did, did you, did you marry an English? I changed Lord? it a while ago. I just didn't have the heart to tell you. <laughs> you didn't have the heart to tell me why you don't want to break my heart. No, I'm was, the, yeah, it's still correct. It's just, you know, okay. no longer current. Her email address is still yount, so yeah. it's kind of her fault. Okay. I didn't know. It get either. a Twitter address, Sarah. Let's get, the, I have one. What is it? At what are the games? At what are the games? Yes. Ah, yeah, what are the, I don't even know the games. What are the I, What are the games? What are the games? Do we have that? No. No, we don't have that. <laughs> it's what in are the, the other room. What are the games? I don't even know the games. An all-time great Mike Ditka moment in the history of NFL Network. Thank you, Chris's. That's Absolutely. Funny. Thank you, Miss Chilson. Thank you. Or Mrs. Chilson. Ms. Chilson. Uh, that's it for the Rich Eisen podcast signing off. Oh, go the blog page, richeisen.nfl.com is how you can... Find out all the information on how you can uh, step in my shoes and appear on the podcast and also get a copy, a uh, signed copy of Analog Man, Joe Walsh's new single album. We're also going to have uh, some uh, his tour dates posted oh, up there as great. well. So if you want to see him tour. Thank you, everybody. This is Rich Eisen signing off. Speak to you and see you next week. Stay listening to 